Hello and welcome to the Men of Action podcast, where we bring on stellar men, men who are high quality, men who have overcome the odds, men who felt like a zero to the recognize that that hero inside them, that war inside them, to take on life, become the best versions. And today, I'm bringing the default kings to the podcast, and I got Joey, who's a default king, an OG member. So, Joey, what's going on, man? What's up, brother? How are you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. Why don't you tell us a little about yourselves? Yeah, man. So I'm uh, I'm the co-owner of Default Kings. So we're an online fitness coaching company. We uh, specialize in helping men uh, change their default actions, which we define as you know the subconscious habits that you do throughout the day. Um, and really, the main objective that we have there is helping guys change those habits so they can ultimately um, transform their body. Right. Uh, majority of guys are weight loss guys. We have a few guys that are, are looking to just do overall recomposition. But typically, the the guy we see roll through about 50 pounds overweight, got about 10% of their body fat that they could drop down. And uh, yeah, man, that's what we specialize in. We've been doing it for about three years. I joined the company a little over a year ago, known Jack and Gabe for like a year and a half now. Those are my business partners. Uh, but yeah, man, that's, that's, that's what there is to know about me so far. Obviously, I'm sure we're going to get into some of the backstory there and how that came about. But that's the that's the one minute rundown of who I am and what I do. Hey, that's good, man. Rundown the Default Kings fitness online program for all your needs. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Right. And you've been so through it, too. involved in uh, fitness, Joey? What was that? How'd you get involved in uh, fitness? Oh, dude, it was it was pretty organic for me. It's pretty organic for me. I grew up playing sports. Both my parents are physical therapists. So I was kind of thrust into the world of just um, exercise science and kinesiology and all that stuff from a young age. You know, I was the kid on the sports team where if somebody got hurt, my parents were down on the sidelines checking out somebody's knee or hip or arm or whatnot, right? Like, that was, that was what I grew up around. My mom would treat patients out of our house, right? So uh, I just grew up around it. And then obviously being involved with sports naturally transitioned me to the weight room. You know, the older I got, the more involved I got with the weight room. And ultimately the whole idea of fitness for me just started out of a desire to just be better at my sport. Um, I played soccer at a pretty high level growing up. I ended up playing in college as well. And that was really the natural progression for me because I was just like, man, this is gonna make me better at my sport. I'm gonna get stronger, I'm gonna get more athletic. Um, and then you had all the, the other benefits that come with just being in shape, whether that be the confidence, um, things along those lines as well. So pretty, pretty organic flow into fitness for me, um, ended up studying exercise science in college as well before, uh, leaving school to just pursue the business full time. So yeah, man, pretty, pretty natural progression. I, I tell people I was kind of born into this world, uh, given the fact that my parents are both in the field. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, always being involved in something you can take from not many people can say that they did something as a child, they loved it and they went to pursue it. Like that you actually took time to pursue your dreams. And obviously the college route was one option, but you said, yeah, let's go a different route to actually pursue more flexibility and freedom into how you want to coach people into the health and wellness, especially when you're saying that most people are about 50 pounds overweight to help them drop down that weight by changing their default actions. Hundred percent, man. Yeah, hundred percent, man. It was definitely, it was definitely uh, one of those not so easy conversations to have with your, you know, college educated parents that both have master's degree in the field that you were pursuing and telling them, hey, I'm not going to be going to school anymore. So <laughs> that was definitely. You gotta mention that conversation. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was like, that was definitely an interesting conversation to have, uh, but you know, it all worked out ultimately, right? I'm glad that you kind of did it to pursue what really makes you happy and to help other people like lose weight and keep the weight off. Hundred percent. Yeah. Now, now. 
a few years removed from that decision, like they totally get it, right? They totally understand now. Uh, but definitely at the time that it happened, they were a little concerned, right? They were like, what do you mean you're dropping out of school? What do you, what do you mean you're doing this? You got internships, you're doing good with all this stuff. And I wasn't a bad student at all, right? I was kind of a, um, I tell people I was kind of a bookworm, right? Like I was the kid that had the high GPA, high ACT score, all that stuff. Um, I was good at school. So for them, it was like really silly for me to leave school because they were like, you're good at this. You could easily get into a good graduate school and go get a good job and everything. Um, but I, it just became glaringly obvious to me that it wasn't the the route that was laid out for me. It wasn't the one that was um, predetermined for me, you know? So yeah, man, it, it was super interesting conversation, especially, especially given the fact that they were on the exact same path that I was initially pursuing. Mm-hmm. So I guess like what's kind of a starting basis to help people kind of begin to change their default actions? Dude, I mean, it, it starts with, starts with identity, right? Ultimately, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, um, what they don't realize is a lot of the actions that you take on the day to day are purely a result of the beliefs and the identities that you hold, right? The subconscious things that are going on between your ears. If you believe one thing, you're going to act in accordance with that, right? If you identify with one thing, you're going to act in accordance with that. A very common thing that we have guys say when they join is like, I'm lazy. Well, they act lazy because they believe they're lazy and they identify with being lazy. That's the entire reason that you're acting that out. And the things that you act out ultimately become your reality, right? The actions that you take are ultimately going to cause the the real life circumstances that you have. So it really starts between the ears. Everybody that comes into the program, the very first thing that they do is they, um, they grow through some mental frameworks to help them reverse those identities and those beliefs that they hold. And then the next step going through that is how do we actually take actions in the day to day to align Mm -hmm. with those identities and those beliefs and these things that we want to become, where do we want to be at the end of this program? Where do we want to be for the rest of our life? We have to align the things that we're doing in the day to day with those new identities that we're trying to step into. So it really starts between the years, man. I love it. I love it. It's definitely having mindsets, everything. If we don't, if your mindset's not consistent and, you know, again, developing the identity of who you want to become, then, you know, it's, it's tough luck, unfortunately. And, and it's changing a mindset, I'm sure, as you know, is not the easiest at all. No, no, not at all, man. Especially when it's something that um, a lot of the guys that go through the program and like you, you were, you were in the program yourself yeah. as well. So I, I don't know if the listeners know that. So like you, you went through the program yourself. You met a lot of the guys that were in there is like, these are things that they've been battling for decades. That's not something that switches overnight, right? Um, it, it's something that if you're not careful about, could very easily revert, revert back to what you were thinking about beforehand, right? So it's not an easy journey by any means, right? It is relatively simple. It is relatively simple. There's not a lot of steps involved in it, but it's by no means easy, right? It is a hard process because it's, it's change. Any kind of change is uncomfortable. So yeah, dude, 100%. Yeah, but as we both have come to kind of learn over the years of like working with people, it's the only area to really grow in is facing discomfort. And once you face that comfort and get out of that comfort zone, that's where the real growth and the real challenges really come about. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think it's where you kind of find your character as well when you're faced with adversity, when you're faced with challenges. That's ultimately where you find who you actually are. Because like everybody is one thing when it's easy. You know what I mean? Right. And when things get difficult, that's really when, in my opinion, true colors come out, right? Whatever the situation is, whether it be physical discomfort, mes- uh, mental discomfort, um, circumstantial discomfort, whatever it may be, that's when you really find out who you really are. Right. Yeah, just as someone who went through the program, I mean, what really helped was having like mm-hmm. the, uh, I know back then it was on Telegram. I know you guys went to Slacker, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. 
So I know just like having that whole community and that support community of people who also going through what you're going through to lose weight. Cause I've always struggled with like weight gain, weight loss constantly, but that's because my sphere of influence was mostly around people who were not really in shape. Mm-hmm. You know, people who got out of shape, never stayed in shape, don't really care about exercise. So, but that's why I like Twitter because that's my whole feed. It's like all these like guys who like love to eat four or five <laughs> eggs, steaks and everything. And like, are jacked and exercise i'm like all right yeah let's do this so and just let me move more about the art of working like i've always worked out but what you guys helped a lot was with was again just that like and this was jack's thing was like that sacred time where mm-hmm. I, I had to like constantly like tell myself okay this is a sacred time and like finding those key words were like extremely helpful now i'm like if i go two days without going to the gym now like i'm itching like it's like a rash that doesn't go away till like, i'm in the gym yeah, man. it's a default action, baby. It's installed. Right. You know what I mean, it's installed, right? And that's what I compare it to people. I'm like, think about when you were a kid and your parents had to tell you to go and brush your teeth, right? Like you didn't want to, you didn't want right. to. And they're like, no, go brush your teeth, Zach. Go brush your teeth, go brush your teeth. And then finally you started doing it. And after a while, it's just a thing that you do without thinking about, right? It's literally right. a default action. Your parents don't have to call you now, Zach, and tell you to brush your teeth at night, right? Like you go and you do it. You don't even think about there, it. There'll be a lot of issues if that was the case. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> you, get that, you get to that point where it's something that you just do. You don't have to think about it. And a lot of people think that like this idea of default actions is the same thing as discipline. And it's not. Um, you know, I tell guys like, obviously you still need layers of discipline in your life, of course. Right. But default actions themselves are not discipline, right? Like I'm not sitting there like, damn it, Joe, you got to go to the gym, man. Like you got, no, dude, you just do it, right? It's just a natural occurrence. It's a natural action that you take subconsciously. You don't have to, you don't have to think about it, right? Now, when you sit down to eat, right? When I look at my plate, if there's not protein on it, I, I feel funny. I'm like, this is weird. Like there's right. something wrong because you've now established that default action nutritionally of like, I need to make sure that I have protein on my plate. I need to make sure that this is a, a balanced meal, something that's actually going to nourish me. And you get to the point where once you've done it for long enough, you sit down, and you just see a, a plate full of just only carbs and fats, you're concerned. If you see somebody else's plate has that, you're concerned, right? Because that default of making sure you're getting enough protein is just so ingrained in your mind. You don't even have to think about it. It just happens. You just do it. And that's literally right. what a default action is. Well, especially just getting into protein a little bit, especially when you realize that how much protein keeps you full, keeps you focused, and can help you sustain through the day. Hundred percent, right? It is the most satiating nap- macronutrient that there is, right? There's a there's a hormone release when you digest protein. It's called leptin, and mm-hmm. it, it literally is the hormone that makes you feel full. And right. so that's one thing there, right? It makes you feel more satiated. It's also the building block for muscle in your body, right? So you need it for muscle, <laughs> and then obviously if you gain more muscle, you increase your metabolic burn at rest. So now you're burning more calories at rest. Literally while you're sleeping, you're burning more calories because you have more muscle. All these things are downstream effects of having adequate protein in your diet. Yeah. And, you know, having the right source of protein, the good protein, yep. the good source and everything is just all vital because how the body and the mind works is that if we don't eat right, we're going to feel sluggish. Like, you know, I think it's going maybe like just throwing out a bar puck number. It's probably about eight months since I last had fast food. So again, originally, if we're talking about default actions, you know, originally it was like, I had to tell myself, I would literally verbally say, it's like, nope, that's going to make you sick. That's going to make you tired. Yeah. And now I can drive by any of them and just be like, oh, okay. Yeah, totally. Right. A hundred percent of the time. And um, 
it's one thing I was thinking about today is too, because I, I grabbed Chipotle real quick before this. I'm not gonna lie, man. But don't worry, I got my I got the double meat and the bowl, everything. So I made sure okay, I hit see, all the those guys protein. protein. Right? We're good. We're good. Right, there we go, protein. right? Double protein. Right? Protein. Okay, don't worry about <laughs> right, right, right. But it's one of those things too where I'm the same boat as you are like, I can't even tell you the last time I had some kind of fast food that was like a McDonald's or a Wendy's or something like that. Cause it's just right. it's not even appetizing. Once you eliminate it from your diet, like it's not even an appetizing thing anymore. Like you literally don't crave it when you drive by it because it's just not appealing to you anymore because your body is now used to having, you know, nutritious foods, real foods from the earth, things like that. And it's literally not even appealing to you when you haven't been ingesting it regularly. So it's one of those things that the further and further you get away from it, the less and less that you crave it. Yeah. And the better you feel, I mean, the better you sleep, the better your skin looks, everything, more, more energy that you have and can go up and do stuff like, like today, you know, this third podcast for today and, you know, had about four, well, actually made six days because I was going to have like one remainder. I'm like, eh, so might as well make six, yeah, right. eight, five of them. So close enough, but it's like, you know, having that extra energy to really go out and accomplish stuff. hundred percent, man. It's, it's fuel in the gas tank at the end of the day. Like that is our gasoline is food, right? Is. So you want to make sure that you're putting the, the premium in, man. So uh, I tell people, I'm like, it's literally that simple. If you frame it in your mind as that, um, it makes things a lot more simple because you realize I'm like, okay, if I'm putting quality things out, I'm going to get quality or putting quality things in, I'm going to get quality things out. Right. And it really does come back to that principle. Um, and I, in my opinion, it is that simple. When you can frame it in your mind as, as fuel, as a source of energy, you're going to change the way that you look at food and you're going to change the way that you behave. Now, obviously food is a massive part of culture, right? And you've been through right. the program, you know, that one of the things that we preach on is like, you don't need to be a robot. You don't need to completely eliminate fun foods and going out to eat and hanging out with friends and doing all that stuff. You can still do all that stuff. It's just if you're going to do it, you have to be tactical about it, right? You need right, to which it. is why I love right. that you guys discuss and you say this all the time is the 80-20 rule. Yeah, the 80-20 rule, and it's something that's so simple. It's not groundbreaking, right? right? Everybody that's been around fitness for a while or followed fitness resources online for a while has heard of the 80-20 principle. You might have even heard of it for like life. And mm -hmm. it's not a groundbreaking thing, but it's the thing that when you actually learn how to apply it, it's one of the biggest game changers for our guys outside of just the high protein diet in general. The next biggest thing on nutrition is learning how to do the 80-20 principle effectively. And when you can live like that and you can make sure that 80% of the time you're eating those clean foods and whatnot, um, you're going to be in a very, very good spot. And you're going to have the freedom and the flexibility to go out and 20% of the time, have a little bit more of the fun food, the food that's maybe not so clean. Right. Uh, and enjoy those social gatherings because it's a massive part of culture. That's reality, right? Think about every major holiday. What do you do? You eat. Hell, on the su on the Super Bowl, which is a major holiday in America, right? <laughs> you uh, you're yeah, literally one eating the best, especially though. when you got two great teams. Got the Eagles. And I believe the Chiefs are in it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. One hundred percent, right? That's why it was it fresh on my mind. I'm like, ah, it's next weekend, man. It's fresh on my mind. So uh, yeah, dude, it, it's one of those things where like we never have told a guy that comes to the program like you can't eat this kind of stuff. Right. It's just you have to do it tactically. You just have to be aware of it. And you have to make sure that you're doing it responsibly. And that's where a lot of people mess it up. They mess up the 80-20 principle because they think 20% of the time means you just do whatever you want and eat as much as you want. And they're completely irresponsible with the 20%. Right. I'm like, well, if you're doing it like that, it's probably more like 60-40, man. Right? So you still do have to be tactical and responsible with it when, when you're doing those things. But yeah, those, those are the big principles that, that help our guys nutritionally. It's the high-protein diets and it's the 80-20 um, way of eating. Yeah. So how, um, so how many clients do you typically handle in like, let's say a given week? In a given week? Uh, it, it depends week to week. I mean, I'd say we typically onboard anywhere from like 
around an average of five to 10 a week is, is typically how many we okay. onboard. Um, in live capacity, I know right now we're like around 120. So ar- around there for live capacity, obviously, as we continue to grow here and add more coaches to the staff, you can just hold more and more um, current clients, right? But yeah, it, it depends week to week, right? It's, it's ultimately the, the nature of marketing in the acquisition world of business is some weeks are smaller than other weeks, you know, because um, we don't do a, we don't do like a rolling cohort. I know some companies do a cohort of like, we only take five people a week or something. We don't do that. We have open enrollment. That's our marketing model, um, our acquisition model. But some people do rolling cohorts. We don't. We have open enrollment. So some weeks it could be three or four. Some weeks it could be seven or eight. We've had as many as 15 in a week, you know, oh, wow. um, just kind of depends how, how things shake out on the acquisition side. No, that's awesome. It's a lot of lives that you're being able to make an impact in and to really help them regain a lot of that confidence to help them, you know, lose that weight. And I, I mean, I'm again, being part of the program, seeing so many people like losing weight, like five pounds, 10 pounds, you know, four or five, 10% of body fat and just feeling so great and actually being able to do something they've never done before, but that's playing with their kids. And that's why I think your program, and that's why I invited you on is because your program is effective. It really helps a lot of people because it doesn't just tackle, you know, the fitness aspect. It tackles the the family. It tackles the mindset, and just overall, like, you know, typical things. Like, what do you see your life down the line? Do you want to be the same way you've been, and you know, be happy with that? And if you are, okay. But do you want to do better? And most people are like, especially in your programs, like you get people who actually want to do better, who actually are tired of living their life a certain way. So that way they can take responsibility for it. And that begins with your health. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because if you go through it and you've been through it, there's no like direct content on how to improve your relationships or your family life or things like that. There's no content that's directed towards that. It is all directed towards fitness. However, the principles that we teach guys to apply in fitness, they quickly see the parallels in other aspects of their life, whether it be, you know, their wealth or their relationships. You know, I kind of lump I kind of lump life into those buckets of like health, wealth, relationships, right? And so they see it being applied to those other parallels. Even though we taught them it in a fitness capacity, they see that it quickly just transitions to the other stuff too. And they use it in their day-to-day life with their career, with their loved ones, um, with their kids, with their wives, et cetera. And mm-hmm. it, it's a nice byproduct of the systems that we have here and the, the psychological frameworks that we give people. And so it's very, it's very fun to see that happen. And it's very fun to see that happen. Cause it was, it's not direct, right? Like I was saying, it's not a direct yeah. thing that we teach. We don't directly teach guys how to do uh, parenting or how to do Correct. relationships, but they see all of these things with default actions applying to those areas as well. And that's what's so cool about things and about principles and applications. Cause if you do one thing in your life, you can easily apply it to another part of your life. So if you kind of found yourself just going home and let's say you just went to the gym and you go home and sleep and didn't hang out with anybody and you don't want to do that anymore, then it's like, oh, okay, every time I go home, I can't sit down because I know the moment I sit down, I'm gone. Yeah, and you start to recognize patterns. And that's kind of what yeah, default actions are, right? Is their patterns of behavior, their subconscious habits. 40, it's something like 40% of the things that you do every day are, are unconscious. You don't even think about it. You right. don't do it. There's some statistic out there for that. I'm sure you can find different numbers, but uh, that's usually the one that we've circled back to. It's like 40% of the things that you do every single day, you don't even think about. Well, and that's number versus 75, 70, you know. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And so it's those things that you're talking about, right? Where you come home and you just do it. You're not thinking about it. It's just a habit that's developed over time because you were consciously doing it in the beginning. And then over time, it's just become more and more ingrained at a subconscious level to the point now where it's something you just default to. You don't have to think about it. It just happens. 
it's literally getting to the point where it's almost out of your control because it is subconscious. You don't think about it. You just do it. And unless you consciously make an effort to switch it and consciously go through the process of changing default action and changing your habits, it's not going to change. It's just going to keep happening exactly how it's been happening for weeks and weeks and sometimes even decades. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know you guys have like really impacted people who are like in their forties and fifties and you get that one guy says like, I'm the old man in the group. Yep. So, yep. It, it's interesting. It's interesting because I think a lot of people's like misconception as well as um, I don't think it's just in fitness or in our company. I think it's just in, in life in general. Like people, the older they get, they tend to think it's going to be harder to change. And maybe it will be because they've just been ingrained deeper, but it doesn't mean it's yeah. impossible. It doesn't mean it's impossible. You're just going a little more uphill than the other guy, but it definitely doesn't make it undoable. We've had guys in their late sixties come through the program and see amazing results. Nice. So, I mean, it's, it's not undoable. Maybe right. you're up against a few more years or a few more decades of negative default actions, right? And it's going to be a little right. harder to unwind those habits, but it doesn't mean it's not doable. It doesn't mean it's not doable. Yeah. And that's again, but that's, and that's, it's going back to that again, default action and mindset. It's like, Oh, I'm too old about this. I know you're not quite 30 yet. I know you still got quite a few years left, but as someone who would be turning 30 soon, a lot of people would be like, well, my life is basically over at 30. Like, and I'm like, why? And again, some of these people are not the healthiest. I don't know if they have any, you know, unknown medical challenges, but just that mindset's like, are you kidding me? I'm excited to be 30. I'm glad I'm not like 20 when I was 22, when I was 23, when I was 25. So it's like, because the older you get, the more wiser you get. And the older you get, the more life experience you have. And you have the opportunity. It's like, am I going to complain about this? Or am I going to make these things better? And it's, it's getting rid of that mindset in psychology. They would call it a fixed mindset that it's too late. It's like, why try? Why bother? It's like, no, like, come on now. You got so much more potential in you. You just got to draw it out. And that's what I think you do very well, Joey. Like you draw like that out of people of that, like they can do and they can achieve it. And you guys are up front. Like it's going to be hard. It's not going to be fun. But if you put in the time, the effort and the work, you can achieve anything. And like you easily have that, like you have that natural charisma about you to pull people in. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I think it's something that we've landed on as well. And like we lean into, uh, me, Jack and Gabe lean into for sure is because we've recognized that in ourselves somewhat, the the ability to bring that out of people. And so something that we definitely lean into now heavily and the longer time goes on, we lean more and more into it, right? So doing stuff like this, getting on a podcast and talking and speaking is fun for me. This gives me energy. A lot of people just wigs them out. They're like, oh, I'm going to go on a podcast. I'm going to speak in front of people and it's recorded. And if you mess up, like you can't get it back. And it's all this stuff that used to be super stressful. And it's stressful for a lot of people and used to maybe be stressful for me as well. I was telling a buddy about my, my public speaking class, my freshman year of college, how I like bombed one of these presentations and everything. And it used to be something that stresses me out a ton, but I've just learned that the skills that we've developed over just through coaching is something that's super impactful. And it would almost be a disservice to people for us to not get on shows like this, to not right. create content, to not coach. It would be a disservice to people um, because we realize that we have an ability to, to do that and to draw that out of people and draw that emotion and, and get them to take action. Right. Well, especially with you starting your own YouTube channel as of late too. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's, that's super cool. I, I've been doing it kind of like the, the slow, steady start. I'm just being consistent. I'm doing it the exact same way I did Twitter. Like when I started Twitter, I was like, okay, I'll tweet like once a day. 
once yeah. or twice a day. And slowly as time got on and it became more and more ingrained, now it's, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a day, a year and a half right. or two years later. Same thing with YouTube. I'm like, I'm all right, I'm just going to do one video a week for now. Keep it going, get a few shorts dropped in there and just slowly scale it up as we have more and more manpower and a bigger, bigger team to be able to kind of leverage that that channel there for uh, content. So, yeah, man, it's super exciting stuff. And I love I love podcasts. Like I've been doing more and more of these. I hired a podcast setter as well because I just want to get on more and, and talk to more people and, and do this more because this is stuff that does genuinely give me energy, right? I don't I don't look at a podcast on my calendar and go, oh, no, I have a podcast. I go, hell, yeah, I got a podcast. This is going to be fun, man. So, oh, yeah, I love doing that stuff. Well, especially yeah, when you find people that you have like a similar like personality energy mm-hmm. with too, where you can both kind of pull each other like in to like have like a heightness to it, a realness to it, and just like have like an authentic conversation. That's why I love doing these podcasts and and hearing so many stories because it's like there's so many guys as you know, obviously our main source right now is Twitter, of how many guys have transformed their lives who went from drugs, dad odds, you know, what have you to you know, complete 180 in their lives. And it was, I started with the decision being, I'm done. I'm done being this way. And even if it takes me five, 10 years to get where I want to be, that's what I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. And it does start with that. It starts with a conscious choice to make change. And it's one of these things that you see me put out in content all the time. Mm-hmm. And you see us talk about it all the time when you're in the inner right. circle is you have to take action. Right. Literally nothing matters. You can watch your YouTube videos, your motivational TikToks and all this stuff and read all these quotes and read all this content. And you have all these inputs coming in, which is good, which is better than having bad inputs, but you're not actually going to see any kind of tangible progress with your life and with success, unless you've actually acted on the inputs and the things that you have and the information that you've gathered. You're literally doing what I call mental masturbation. It just feels good. Mm -hmm. It's just getting a big dopamine hit. I read this book and I heard this stuff and I did this. I watched this YouTube video and he said, if I do this, this, and this, well, did you do it? Because if you didn't do it, nothing's going to happen. Right. If you're just sitting there listening to it and you're sitting there watching the next Hormozy YouTube video for my little uh, young entrepreneurs here as well. If you're just sitting there watching it and they're not doing anything, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> you have right. to actually act on the information that you've gathered. And that's the separator. And it goes for every aspect of life is you actually have to act on what you've acquired. No, that's a, that's a very interesting, interesting concept that, you know, that mental masturbation, you know, I, I know, I think I've heard you mentioned like when just maybe in your tweets or something about that, but it's so true of, and that's why this whole podcast is focused about men of action. Like again, yep. it's, you read a book, awesome. The more books you read, the better you're going to be. But then again, it's having that knowledge piece. So that's why it's so important to, to differentiate between knowledge and wisdom. It's good that you have all the knowledge of the steps that you might take and you might love like the five-step process. Mm-hmm. No. For people who love Dave Ramsey, you love might love his seven baby steps because they're very succinct and easy to yeah. follow. But unless you really start to apply it, you're not going to get wisdom. And wisdom is the application of the knowledge. And that's what I think a lot of people kind of need is more of like, okay, cool, I have all this information. How do I do it? And that's why I see like a lot of people get stuck is they don't know the how, mostly because they're focused on the, I can't do this. I can't save a thousand. Like Dave Ramsey, I can't save a thousand dollars. Versus who I like about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, his book where he talked about instead of asking, it, it reverses like, how can I? And when you make that just that ever so subtle switch, your mind begins to really begin to go into problem solving mode. Yeah. And some people are that type where it's paralysis by analysis. Exactly. 100%. They get stuck. They get stuck thinking about the how to. And 
something that I've seen with a lot of guys, just the the deeper and deeper we get into the business world, the more successful guys that I see, a lot of them, they don't have plans. Right. <laughs> like they just started something, man. Or they have a new thing that they're starting and they don't really know how they're going to do it or how they're going right. to get there. They just have a vision. They have conviction in their idea and they just start working towards it. They're like, okay, what's the first thing I got to do? Well, I got to do this. And they just do it and they worry about the next steps as time passes by. They don't sit there and try to map it out to point A to point Z. Right. They just go. They just take the first step and they just keep putting one foot in front of the other, put out the next fire, solve the next problem, build the next thing. And you do that repeatedly over and over for the rest of time, whether it be with your health, your wealth, your relationships, your business, whatever it may be. If you just keep doing that for an extended period of time and you're consistent every single day, you wake up and you get better a little bit, just a little bit, mm -hmm. do one thing to get better. You're going to be in an unbelievable place within a decade, two decades, oh, three decades. Exactly. Think about how much progress you make over this long time period. And that's where a lot of people also, in my opinion, go wrong and maybe go into paralysis by analysis is because they're so focused in the now. They don't look at life on an extended time horizon. B-Jack and Gabe, when we're talking about plans of their business, we're not talking about this month or this quarter or this year. We're talking about three, five, 10, 20 years. Yeah, 100%. You just have to look at things on a different time horizon and it makes your life a lot less stressful one. And you're a lot less scared to take action because you know, Hey man, I'm playing a long game for us with our yeah. business. We know we're playing a 10 year game. If we make this change and hire this thing and build this role or make this investment and it goes wrong. So what? We got 10 years to fix it. Yeah. So when you start playing on a longer time horizon, that helps a lot of people out as well. I know it helped me out because I used to be the guy that was super stressed out and paralysis by analysis because I was playing in the short term. And when I started playing on the long term, things changed for me and I was able to, to go through life with way less stress at least in my in my business life yeah what was an example of that just out of curiosity yeah i think it was just really as basic as it sounds it was just problems that would arise or things that we wanted to try that we were maybe nervous or anxious to do and we just wouldn't okay. do it or we just stare at it ah, are we gonna do it? i don't know if we should do it Eh, well i don't know no just do it just try it because the worst thing that can happen is it doesn't work <laughs> that's that's literally the worst thing that can happen it doesn't work sure. And so you just fix it. And ultimately at the end of the day, that's really what business is to an extent, or at least business ownership is to an extent is you're problem solving. You're problem right. solving. And if you want to grow, like we want to grow, you're going to have problems. And so you just have to accept the fact that really your role within the company as a business owner is to solve those problems and keep growing and keep planning. And exactly. when we accepted that and we realized that we have 10 years to do it, it became a lot easier and a lot more comfortable to make decisions that we weren't sure of that we knew were riskier, but had a high reward on the other side of it. For example, like we had to fire a whole sales team once the entire sales oh, team. Wow. We got rid of all three reps and we brought in all brand new reps and they ended up tripling the business. Nice. <laughs> but most people wouldn't do that. Most people. Right, like, no, oh, you're, you're right. And it was not fun. It was awful, especially for Gabe, our sales manager. It was awful for Gabe. He's a sales guy. So he had to take a whole lot of calls and everything, right? And he had to do a whole lot of hiring and a whole lot of interviewing and a whole lot of training. But right. after that short-term discomfort, we came out on the other side way better and way bigger and made more money and changed more lives than ever. And it was something that was an uncomfortable decision, but we realized if it went wrong, so what? We have so much time to fix it. We have literally 10 yeah. years to fix it at least. And we just started playing on a longer time horizon. So we were more willing to make risk quote unquote riskier moves that might be really risky in the short term but 
you give us enough time, we can solve just about any problem. If you give us enough time and we have plenty of time. And once oh, you realize yeah. that, once you realize that it becomes a lot less stressful. Yeah. And I like your idea of, you know, now you have a now by, by unfortunately by the whole sales team, mm-hmm. now you know what kind of person that's a hire. Now you have a little <laughs> bit more fine tune of like early signs and indicators to look for. Have you ever read the uh, the book, The New One Minute Manager by Ken Blanchard and Dr. Spencer Johnson? I have not. I have not. What is it called? It's called The New One Minute Manager. Okay, cool. I'm going to check that out. That's cool. Yeah, you got to check that book out because it talks about three key secrets mm-hmm. into like how to be like a good business person, mm-hmm. like how to actually run an effective business. And it's it's cool because it's a story. It's not like a step one, you do this, 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 and this. It's the application of the steps built into it through a story of a young guy who wants to be a businessman going and talking to a basically a CEO and learning how to do business. Super cool. Super cool. And and what you're saying is true too, where we got reps hiring and firing because firing is part of owning a business too. You're going to have to fire people sometimes. Nature of the beast. Unless you hire perfectly for uh, from start to finish, which would be amazing. That would be a miracle. I don't know if I've ever heard of that, but firing is part of the process too. So we learn how to hire. We learn how to fire. We learn how to train. We learn how to build better systems as a result of the the hardships and the things that weren't so good and the things that didn't really pan out. It gave us repetition in terms of doing those things that are just natural parts of owning a business that you just have to learn how to do. And we learn. And I was on a podcast um, last week and we were talking about this idea, me and the host, we were talking about this idea of like, do you hate losing or love winning? And I was like, man, when I was playing sports, I hated losing. But when I got to, to business and more life stuff, I don't hate losing because mm-hmm. ultimately you pull lessons from it at the end of the day. So I don't hate it. It's just part of the game. Um, I used to though, when I was younger and when I was playing sports, I, I hated losing. That was my motivation every game. We can't lose. Now I'm like, Oh dude, I just love winning. And if we lose on the way there, we lose on the way there. It is what it is. Ultimately we're going to win as a result of literally having losses under our belt. We're going to win more long-term because we've just learned more. We've exactly. taken more shots. We've taken more shots to the chin, man. We, we know how to take it and, and move forward and, and apply those lessons. Um, so as long as you're applying the lessons and pulling lessons from those losses, I think losing um, can be a, a net positive if applied correctly. You oh, I, no, it absolutely is. I have a family member that taught me that they've learned more from their failures and mistakes yeah. than they have from their successes. Yeah. So just yeah. that whole like, one word statement speaks volumes where it really talks about figure out what you did wrong and then do everything you can not to make the same mistake. And there was a, there was a monk on Mulligan brothers. I want to say that mm-hmm. he gave his, like, it was a really cool idea of like what a mistake is. He said, everyone is going to do something wrong. That is mm-hmm. not a mistake because you have an opportunity to correct it. Mm-hmm. He said, the mistake is from the unwillingness to learn from it mm-hmm. and then repeat it over and over again. And I really like that kind of concept of a mistake because it really speaks volumes of there's some level of you that's unwilling to learn from the situation that happened. Whether someone stole money from you, whether you know someone wasn't a good sales rep or there you found out someone was slacking in their hours, because imagine that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly, man, exactly. And if you can, as long as you can pull from it, right? That's a big thing where a lot of people where they mess up losing. And I can understand why you would hate losing. If you're somebody that just like sits 
in your negativity and just sits there. Poor me, poor me. If you do that, of course, you're going to hate losing, dude, because you're not getting anything from it. But you can literally force yourself to pull a lesson from it and apply it and move forward. You know, something that we started saying, um, it kind of started, actually, it didn't even start as a joke. It was just something that was like totally outlandish that we said. When bad things started happening in our business, we randomly just started saying like, we've been blessed. Mm. <laughs> and it started out kind of as like jokingly or loosely right. or like when it was said the first time, I remember it was a big thing. Like we, we just lost a bunch of money. It's really the, the short and narrow of it, right. right? We lost a bunch of money and we were like, hmm. And Jack goes, we've been blessed. This is good. Like, let's move forward. We learned, we learned our lesson. And now we say it dead serious. It started as like kind of outlandish claim. He was like, we've right. been blessed. I'm like, how do have we been blessed? We just lost tens of thousands of dollars. This is not a blessing. But when you start thinking about it, he was right. Cause we learned from it and we applied it. And so now when, when kind of crazy things happen in the business, we're like, oh, we, we've been blessed. We've been blessed. We just learned a lesson. Now we're just going to move forward. So that little mental reframe has helped us. Um, a bunch. And I know it'll probably help some of the people that are listening to this as well. I was going to say, Jack has such a strong mindset of things like he, (laughs) he's crazy. He's crazy. I love him. I love that guy, man. He's crazy. He's crazy in a a good way. That's why he does all of the psychology type of coaching within the program. We do the the group calls. Um, We do 20 a month now and psychology one. So yeah, he's he's the man. When it comes to mental frameworks, he's the guy that I point everybody to is Mr. Block. Well, hey, he asked about psycho cybernetics. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Dude, he could co-author that book now. At this he point. could. At he this could point I'm time. sure he could. <laughs> at this point in time, he could co-author it. But yeah, man, he's the man. He's crazy. I tell everybody when they have like mental framework questions within the program or anything like that, or if we're on another call and they ask about it, like that, that's a call for uh, Mr. Jackman. He'll be able to give you the the highest level answer possible because that guy's got a steel mind. Yeah. No, he really does. I mean, you guys all really vibe well. Like I said, all you guys pictures and like how you guys just like communicate and talk with another one, even like when we're doing group calls, you guys just like all like really vibe well, truly. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. And it's something that we've, again, like we just put a lot of time and effort into it, man. We put a lot of time and effort into the relationship because ultimately a business partnership is a marriage, no matter how you swear it is. You have to work on it. It's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. And I'm not married, but I, I know people that are married and they've told me all these things. So I, I am kind of regurgitating a bit here, but I'll I'll frame it from my business partnership perspective. But um, it's not sunshine and rainbows all the time, right? Me, Jack, and right. Gabe, we, we argue, we fight, we have disagreements. Right. It happens. It's just part of, part of business. And we've literally worked with marriage counselors on our business relationship. And so we've invested a lot of time and money and effort into our relationships because we know at the end of the day, if we don't have our friendship and we don't have a relationship, we don't have a business. So we know wow. that priority number one is is each other and, and managing that relationship and making sure that that's straight away and making sure that we're brothers first and we're family first. And we build a business as a result of having that, that quality relationship, and that foundation laid. I think I've never heard of that before. And I've been doing this for like talking to a whole bunch of people for a while now. And I've been... And around like a whole bunch of people just naturally. I've never heard of business partners like either going talking to someone like a third party. Yeah. I'm sure it happens all the time, but just to to be that intentional about your mm-hmm. friendship, about your brotherhood, and about your relationship. I mean, you guys are like the highest like men of action people, like truly who go the extra mile to really take care of each other. Because you're right, in any business and whenever there's two people, there's gonna be a conflict unless you want to be by yourself and then eventually you're gonna have conflict with yourself. <laughs> yeah or you're gonna get bored and you're gonna try to start something new and burn the current thing to the ground that's what i usually see happen is they're like yeah. oh i'm bored now well of course you're bored it's just you doing it you have no team you have nobody to bounce stuff with man like we have me jack and gabe we're accountable to each other like 
so what if I'm bored? I got to make sure that Jack and Gabe are taken care of and we keep building this business. Gabe feels the same way. He would say the exact same thing. And I know Jack would say the same thing, yeah. right? So it's one of those things is like that actually keeps us accountable. It keeps us on mission because uh, we know there's two other guys on the other side of it that, that we're taken care of by everything that we do. Every little project we work on, if we're ever struggling to work on a project, we think about each other. Yeah. Right? We, think about, we would think about putting food on each other's table because at the end of the day, you have to keep working. You have to. Ooh, I, love, I love that. I love that concept because mostly people would be, you know, I got to make sure I have food at my table versus got to make sure, you know, food's on the other table. So it's a, that speaks volumes of your, your friendship, your brotherhood, and, and just as partners and people just doing life together. Yeah, man. It's amazing stuff. And the older and older we get too, um, the more and more that becomes real. I mean, Gabe's engaged yeah. now, man. Gabe's engaged. Oh. Man. He's got a family, right? Like, it's a different it's a different frame of mind now because it's not just Gabe. It's like Gabe and his family. We got to make sure that they're taken care of. And right. as me and Jack get to that point, our personal relationships and stuff, it's going to be the same exact frame. And um, it's it's a truthfully, it's a each other first business model, and it's it's served our relationship well. Well, good. Well, I'm glad that you guys just continue to guys just do well versus the. You know, I remember when I was in college, and when I would have issues with some of my friends. And I had a race relation class I had to take. Mm -hmm. And uh, I put it, and I, during the speech, I said this, we love like brothers and we fight like brothers. Yeah. And that's how, like, like if I consider someone a brother, it's like, I know that we're going to love each other. We're going to be there for each other, even if we're upset with each other, but we're going to take time to actually resolve whatever issues going on. And because obviously that's at the most, the most important thing you could ever do. I think this was Jordan Peterson I heard say this recently, but he said something along the lines of conflict unresolved is conflict multiplied. Yes. So, it, yeah, as I say, it sounds like something he would say, right? And it's interesting because it's true. If you just let yeah. it fester, and we've learned that lesson, me, Jack, and Gabe yeah. have learned that lesson because every single one of us three have, have gone through a point in time where something was wrong or something happened and we didn't voice it and we yeah. let it fester. And after a few months of letting it fester, we came to the table and it was, a, it was a big deal that we had to solve. And luckily, we've now all had kind of our oopsie with that, right? Like Jack's had his, Gabe's had his, I've had mine. And now we all kind of are very transparent about the fact, like if something's going on, bring it to the table. It doesn't matter how small it might be or how silly you think it might be because we need right. to address it. Because if we let it fester and you let it fester, um, it's going to multiply and it's going to be way worse than it maybe ever had to be. So, right. you know, we kind of have that hard and fast rule now of, if there is conflict or there's something that is under your skin or bothering you, bring it to the table, yeah. bring it to the table. Right. And another thing that's helped us too, and I think would help a lot of people probably um, in marriage and in business is if we don't agree on something, we don't do it. Right. If it's all in or all out, right. If, if two of us agree and one of us disagrees, we don't do it until it's all three of us are in. We do not make that decision. We do not move forward with that idea. Oh or that concept. We, we beat it until we all agree. What's up, Joey? As you are clear a definition of a man in action who doesn't like to be on the sidelines, but actually in the field, you know, what is something you want to leave off with people today? You're better off to act when you're unsure than sit there and suffer from paralysis by analysis. Just act, man.
don't Ooh. don't be unsure don't 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 worry brother don't worry it's gonna work out right if you just start acting on the thing that you want to do eventually the the roadmap will lay itself um you are far better off taking action than sitting there and waiting for the perfect plan to happen because in reality no plan is perfect every plan is flawed you just can't see it yet so i think that is probably the the perfect thing to leave people with off with uh for this specific podcast is like you have to literally act you have to because that plan is not going to go how you think it's going to go so you literally have to get in the field to see it play out that's right get in do what joey said get in the field take action take one step at a time one day at a time have a blessed day this has been a man of action podcast hope you guys have a blessed day bye hell yeah